Welcome to YouthCast. I'm Emily Corwin. A number of states, including California and New Jersey, are considering bills legalizing some kind of internet gambling. New York is not one of those states. That's where college student Vincent Geary produced the story about illegal gambling featured in this episode of YouthCast. We first published this episode in November of 2011. In two weeks, we'll be back with a brand new episode, so stay tuned. Welcome to YouthCast. I'm Emily Corwin. When my grandmother was growing up, and for much of her adult life, she really only wore the color beige. Maybe a pastel scarf. These days, she'll wear a pastel sweater, too. But mostly, beige. I think it was my Aunt Pam who finally asked her why. My grandmother told us that her mother had dressed the entire family so they wouldn't stand out in a crowd, and that she had just kept it up. See, her father, my great-grandfather, was a bookie in New York. He took bets on horse races all over the city. That made him a popular guy, and it got his family through the Great Depression with plenty to eat. But it was illegal, so his family lived in perpetual fear that the police would catch them and send my great-grandfather to jail, hence the beige. These days, sports betting has changed. It's still illegal, but it's really easy to do, using international gambling websites that are outside of U.S. law enforcement. Vincent Geary, a student at City University of New York, grew up surrounded by sports gambling in Queens. In the Brooklyn College radio class he took last year, he was surprised to learn how unfamiliar his classmates were with the world of gambling. Here's Vincent's story, followed by my interview with him. This is YouthCast. Bars Jameson's in Rockaway Beach. It's crowded for a Monday night football game between the Jets and the Pats. The bar is loud with cheering and booing, depending on which team each person bet. One in particular is sitting in his usual stool in the corner of the bar next to the front windows. His name is Mikey, but everyone calls him Mush, like the character from the Bronx Tale, who whatever he touches turns into He moved to Rockaway in the 80s from Ireland and still carries a thick brogue, which only gets stronger when he drinks which is every day and every night. He is hard to understand at first, but he never seems to have trouble calling his bookie to put in a bet. He is a chronic gambler, like many people I know. But the difference between him and the others is that he never knows which team he's betting on. He always asks me which color he's rooting for. The thing is, it doesn't really matter as long as you got the money, or as long as the bookie thinks you do, you could get a bet in. There are a ton of bookies in Rockaway. Some are cousins and uncles, whether we know it or not. One in particular, my friend Jimmy O'Connolly, was born to be in the business. I became a runner because my father was a bookie. I actually learned about the whole the whole numbers game from him. He was always, you know, running around the house, running around town, collecting money, writing things down. Naturally, as a kid growing up in his house, I had to ask what he's doing, and I always wanted to be like him. Jimmy isn't in Rockway anymore, but even if he was, he wouldn't take bets from his friends because he knows that friends become enemies through money. And that's something he learned from his father. Jimmy is a runner. He is the guy you call up to get the spreads. The spreads are the amount of points a team must win by or lose by. He explains his job like this. Well, I speak to the bookie personally, but the people that bet through me are not supposed to know. Because they know he's got a lot of money. And they know they can threaten him if they owe money. 
Another guy who works for the bookie with Jimmy is the muscle, as Jimmy explains. Oh, well, what's funny is we have a little thing we like to call muscle. And those are men and friends much bigger than myself. Not know to rough a few people up. They'll, they'll get the money really quick. My friend Alex is a little guy, about five foot six, 150-something. Someone who does not want to get in a fight with the muscle. Alex picks up his phone off the bar. We've been out since 7, so on the 10.30 game start in California, we're already half in the bag, which isn't good for gambling. Alex dials the number. He wants to know the Lakers line. He gets it, but it seems too high. He feels lucky. He feels ballsy, so he went against the Lakers. If he doesn't hit this bet, he's going to need help from others to pay his debt. It seems like this happens often with him, but he always finds a way. You know, my girlfriend, my mother, my father, my brother... Yeah, I work, but not too often, so, you know, when I get in a big hole, you know, I come to my girlfriend, honey, you got a couple bucks, this and that, my mother, my grandmother, whenever I need something, she's there, you know, she doesn't really know what's going on, she's got nothing to spend it on anyway, you know, but I get the money to the bookie, that's all that matters, I don't want any broken fingers, you know what I'm talking about. The tough thing for bookies in Rockaway is to get the money from longtime friends. That is why never taking your friend's bet is Jimmy's number one rule. Big-time bookies who have different neighborhoods under control, like the one Jimmy works for, is different, as he explains. Someone puts a bet in for $7,000, I'm going to hold the keys to his $20,000 car. So either he pays me the $7,000 or he loses his $20,000 car. What's he going to do? He's going to pay me. Always works out. You just have to make sure the collateral is worth more than the cash that he bets. Bookies give you time if they trust you and have known you your whole entire life like the guys me and my friends go with. But even with knowing the book your entire life, you have to show them money because they can't look like chumps in front of the other guys who bet with them. If other guys see one bookie getting screwed over, they'll do the same to him. The bookie has to see something eventually, as Johnny explains. That's how bookies are. They know they're going to get their money eventually, no matter how it is. I mean, they know I have a car. Uh, that could work for them. And you know, you hear stories about this stuff. I've never seen anything like myself. I'm sure it could happen, enough money and uh, enough time in between paying them. I'm sure something could happen. The way gamblers come to decide on their bet is fascinating. Some gamblers flip a coin. Some guys listen to other guys. I do the research, but when I'm losing, I'll read the daily news and bet whatever Mighty Quinn likes. Johnny sits at a computer two hours before kickoff on Sundays and looks everything up. Injury reports, every type of stat imaginable. This leads him to his decision on what to bet. I like to look at it as an educated guess. I mean, you have the advantage by seeing all the stats in front of you. A lot of people just have hunches and feelings about teams. They don't take the time out to do their due diligence, and they end up losing their bets. I mean, you pick specifically off the numbers, I think you have a better chance. Jimmy's father told him about the scandals in the NIT basketball tournament, the scandal of the Black Sox in Major League Baseball, and Jimmy was even betting on the basketball games during the same season that NBA referee Tim Donahue was working with the Mafia. He was betting on the same games that he was refereeing in. The bookies that are running Vegas, getting into contact with these referees and offering them more to blow one game than their whole year's salary. Of course, they're going to take it. Bookies always win. Gambling is an addictive thing. The feeling of suspense and excitement that you get from it is like nothing else. The feeling of being right and getting paid for it is even better. But it's also a terrible feeling to lose all your money on something you can't control. So whether you research like Johnny or guess like Mush, it is all gamble, but everyone is still willing to bet. Whether you win or lose in a given game or week, gambling on sporting events is out of your control and you'll never come out on top. Winning a game just entices you to bet another game, which you will eventually lose. I know from experience. 
Reporting for WBC Radio, I am Vincent Geary. Emily calling. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing today? Good. When you played this, when you played this piece for your um, classmates, were they, were they like, oh yeah, duh, gambling, or, or were they really surprised? No, I think they were surprised, but um, but I don't know why. I and I, I don't know. It's just it's, that's new to me. I don't know. <laughs> this is something like that's been like. It's really every day to you. Yeah. So there's this character, or I mean, he's not a character. He's he's a friend of yours named Alex, and you interviewed him, and he was saying, "Oh, you know, I don't work that much, so often I just borrow money from my mom or my grandmother or my girlfriend." And he's like really blunt about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he is a character, so um, in another sense of the word. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, you know, he's like he's somebody that I've known my whole life, and he doesn't understand what's going on. Or how much this affects other people that are around them. And did did producing this piece and interviewing your friends, um, did it change how you think about your own gambling or about the issue in general? Yeah, it made me think more of that, like, after listening to the interviews with Alex, made me, like, think more down the line, you know, because like, he's been gambling longer than I have and longer than most people I know. So I feel like it's gotten worse and worse over the years. And that made me like think of the future, you know, but, um, I've pretty much stayed the same as, as I did in the last year. So he's just a very extreme, uh, pretty extreme person in general. So I know I'm not, I'm more like level headed than that, but that, so in that aspect, he made me think of like, What's going to happen in three years? Am I going to be owing people money like he does? Um, but then I, my other interviewee um, was a lot more level-headed. Uh, another close friend, he uh, he spoke about how he he's still in college, so he doesn't really have any real money to gamble with. So he does it more of like um, a sport. And that's that's more of what I do with with uh, with gambling. Yeah. And was there anything in particular that you were hoping listeners like myself or your classmates or people listening to the radio would would sort of get about gambling and people who gamble and um when you, when you produced it was there something we were you were hoping we would hear? Gambling has like a negative connotation. So, I want to like just show that that I do it obviously, but also that there's different it's it's a big range of different people who are doing this like one friend is um over the top and the another friend is more level-headed i just feel like it's very negative and i just wanted to put it out there and have people decide on their own you've been listening to YouthCast from generation prx friend us on facebook find us on twitter and talk to us at generationprx.org You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and read our blog at youthcast.org. Thanks for listening.